0: Coming up on this week's show, Arshad Shundan is here for the 2016 GRL blog tour, Danny from Love Bites has book recommendations, plus we talk about the movies and TV that we've been
1: watching. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode 47 of Jeff and Will's Big A Fiction Podcast.
2: I'm Jeff from jeffadamswrites.com. And, of course, I'm Will from willknauss.com. Hi. How's it going this week? It is peachy keen. Peachy keen. That's yeah, good. Yeah, Good, good. I'm fine. I know
0: Excellent. you're doing well. I oh, am. Yeah, it's been a good week. Um, somewhere in Mackinac, signed a contract. I like that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Dream Spinner has officially picked it up for its States of Love series, Mm -hmm. which actually just made its debut this past week. Uh, And what this is, is a series that will take place in each of the 50 states. Authors had the opportunity to go in and claim states and then write a novella-sized story for them, and those just started rolling out this past week. And mine will be out probably next spring, it looks like. And uh, I think the, um, it's either May or June is what's on the contract right now. So we'll see how that rolls out. And we'll get editing going and do some cover work and probably have a good time with it. Cool. So I'm excited. I'm very happy that's there. I enjoyed writing that story. Uh, had a little rough time getting it to, to flow right. But I like the characters and I liked setting it on Mackinac Island and I liked... Uh, putting the spin of the
2: movie somewhere in time on it. So, mm-hmm. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Okay. Um, something our listeners might be interested in, Joanna Penn, our guest on a previous episode, and she spoke at length about her most recent book, The Successful Author Mindset. She's also talking to the boys at um, Self-Publishing Podcast. Mm-hmm. It took me... Uh, I'm, I don't know why it took me a second to remember the name of that show um episode number 224 is going to be coming out very soon uh the video of Joanna's interview with the boys is actually up on YouTube right now so you can check out Joanna and all her wisdom and the boys wisdom (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and humor and <laughs> humor yeah uh, yeah. she covers some uh, different topics than she uh, covered on the episodes of our show mm-hmm. um, so if you enjoy Joanna we recommend you check out that particular interview uh, once again that's the self-publishing podcast episode 224 with Joanna Penn yeah.
0: check it out I will link to that on uh, the episode show notes for number 47 on com. yeah yeah So we're a week in to our 60-day fitness goal, Mm -hmm. which we started last week uh, because when we were recording last week's show, we were exactly 60 days out from GRL in October. And our goal, uh, to briefly recap, was not necessarily to lose a certain amount of weight or there weren't a a lot of goals around the goal, so much as to just feel better and be fitter and thinner before GRL. Uh, So we're seven days in now, and I've lost about five Mm pounds-ish, it looks like, and I am already sleeping better, which was one of my main goals, because uh, I have put on enough weight where my sleep's a little messed up, because I'm snoring more, and it's messing with my asthma in general a little bit more. So just losing that five pounds and shifting up the eating to being more appropriate has worked well so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did... Must mess up on Friday night. Uh, we had food we shouldn't have had. Uh, but we kind of wanted chicken strips and macaroni and cheese, frankly. Mm-hmm. And then we regretted it right afterwards because I think we both felt a little overfull.
2: Yeah, that was an awful lot of food on Friday night. So yeah. um, that's the lesson we probably... Uh, we've learned from that.
0: Yeah, we probably could
2: have... And we probably
0: could have, room. quote unquote, cheated, but moderated a little bit and been a lot happier for it.
2: Uh, so eating-wise... Um, this first week hasn't been 100% perfect. Um, what I do think is uh, an unqualified success is we did not eat out at all. Yeah, that's very true. Even even the chicken strips and macaroni happened right in our own home. Yeah, so <laughs> that is a win for us because that has been one of our biggest problems, mm-hmm. eating uh, fast food and junk and stuff we shouldn't be. So I'm super, super happy with this first week, and we'll see what happens uh Coming into uh, day 14. coming
0: up. Yeah. yeah, it'll be a challenge for me because I've been L.A. next week. Mm-hmm. So I'm away from home, so I have to eat as well as I can living out of a hotel and around, you know, restaurants. It'll just be easy to walk in and pick up something. Mm-hmm. So the upside is there's a grocery store across from the office, so I can get appropriate food if I just put myself to it. So. Cool. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So we've been talking about calendars a lot on the show because it is calendar season as we build towards 2017 in just a few months. And we have another one to show off this week.
2: Yes, uh, artist Michael Briette has released his 2017 calendar. Uh, We are definitely a fan of Michael's and have been for uh, quite a while. Mm -hmm. We have several of his prints hanging throughout our home. He is a pastel artist and he specializes in... Uh, sexy and romantic depictions of uh, men in love and, well, frankly, various states of undress. Um, the, <laughs> the 2017 calendar uh, features some of his most recent works, mm-hmm. uh, and it's available on his website.
0: Yeah, and we will link to that because we're definitely, as Will said, a fan of his. And uh, you have also will recognize him. He's been on some books. He's done mm-hmm. some book covers. I
2: believe Jacob Flores. Yes, several of Jacob Flores's books uh, from Dream Spinner Press have featured work of Michael's. So, mm-hmm. And there was also
0: a collected book that I wish I'd pulled
2: before mm-hmm.
0: uh, we recorded where he, several authors, interpreted his pictures for short stories. Yeah. And if I can find that, we'll link to that in the show notes, too, because that was a fun book. Yes, it was. Yep. Yeah. So, speaking of books uh, and a cause that I talked about a couple episodes ago... Uh, it's just about three weeks away before I go back east to participate in the Sockle for the Cause ride, which benefits the HIV and AIDS services available at the LGBT Center in New York City. Uh, I've decided to offer a premium for folks who give $100 or more and you live in the U.S. Uh, I will send you a signed copies of the Hat Trick trilogy. So you'll get the paperbacks for all three books, which means you also get all three short stories, since those are bound into the paperbacks. So you might be curious what exactly $100 can do for this cause. And there are three key things that $100 can do. It'll help prevent seven potential HIV, tra- HIV transmissions by distributing safer sex kits to at-risk LGBT youth and adults. It allows the LGBT Center to administer eight free rapid HIV tests, which ensures that more people are empowered to know their status And it can provide referrals to care for 10 HIV-positive people to help them lead happy and healthy lives. So that's a lot that $100 can do. Mm -hmm. And I believe in this cause so much that I will give you those three signed paperbacks if you donate $100 and then let me know that you did it. Uh, All you have to do to donate is to go to my online donation page It's an unruly URL, so go to the show notes for episode 47, and you will find the URL to my donation page. And from there, if you want the books, all you have to do is drop me a line, either through the uh, comments in the show notes page, or you can email me at jeff at biggayfictionpodcast.com and let me know that you did that. And I will be happy to send those books out to you uh, by the end of October. Now, this offer that I'm making here will run through Sunday, September 7, sem, mm, Sunday, September 18th, which is the final day of the ride when we come into New York City. Um, and I would like to take a moment to thank friends of the podcast, Nancy and Wade, for donations that they've already made based on my former call out um, on the show. I really appreciate it. And I know uh, the LGBT Center in New York does as well.
1: Time now for the GRL guest author spotlight.
0: We're happy to welcome Arshad Asundan to the podcast as part of the official 2016 GRL Block tour. Arshad by profession is a hematopathologist, a laboratory physician who specializes in diagnosis of diseases of blood, bone marrow, and lymph nodes, such as leukemia and lymphoma. His intercision project is a space opera time travel gay romance series that has three books out now, with the final book coming in 2017. He's also the author of The Pact Arconum Saga, which consists of five books and is best described as non-explicit, near-future space opera gay vampire romance. Thanks for being with us, Arshad.
3: Glad to be here.
0: Now, let's talk about how many things I screwed up in that intro in terms of things that I pronounced.
3: (laughs) That's fine. I answer to all the variations.
0: All right. Very good. And you, you can correct as we go in these questions as well. Okay, so we're recording this on August first, and you've got a new book out today, which is called
3: Insurrection, which is the third book in the Intercision Project series. Tell us yeah. about that. The Intercision Project series starts off with the the main, basic premise is that they try to develop a, a star drive to make the first starship, and it's basically the purpose of the star drive is it breaks a hole in space-time, so it jumps from one place to another. So it's basically interstellar teleportation using folded space. What they don't realize until later is that it's punching between two points in space-time, so not only is it spatial travel, it's also the possibility of time travel. So that becomes a a plot point. Okay,
0: that's very cool. How'd you get the, the inspiration for this? series of
3: books? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, time travel has always been a fun topic, and I, I I like watching all the cheesy time travel movies that that are out there. They're always fun to watch and see how the paradoxes play out. So I was just interested in in that subject all the time, so that's why I kind of decided to write my own story and try to make it as... I mean, it's kind of loose science, but it's a little bit hard. And the
4: the okay. science is
3: just there, but it's long past what we can do. And then you put a gay romance into the middle of all of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like sci-fi, but I like romance as well. The problem is when you try to write cross-genre stuff, it's really it's hard to balance the needs of the two genres. So sci-fi doesn't usually have much romance, whereas romance doesn't have usually have that much sci-fi or it has lim- limited sci-fi. So trying to write them together, I kind of have to play them both off. And uh, <laughs> so I've been told that the romance part can sometimes is sometimes not as, not as exciting for the people who are romance readers, but it's okay for the people who are sci-fi readers. And the sci-fi sometimes overwhelms the romance readers and vice versa and all that. So, but it's a balance. You have to walk that tightrope. Since you're balancing
0: two genres, do you, do you end up and plot yourself out more, or are you one of the writers who'll
3: just sit down and start writing and see where it goes? No, no, I'm, I definitely outline. I outline in detail all the way down to the scene level beforehand, before I even start. So, that I know where the beginning, the middle end, and kind of roughly how I get to each of those spots. I don't, and then when I start writing, I try to go in order because if you try to write something at the end and then go back to the beginning and then you have an idea and you change the way it's going to go, the ending it becomes irrelevant. So, you have to start over. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. it's better to start at the beginning and work your way through. And uh, by plotting it out, I try to avoid riding myself into a corner and getting stuck.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got your other series, Pact Arcanum. Uh,
3: What's that about? Pact Arcanum was kind of starting out as a thought experiment based on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Excellent source material. (laughs) Basically, the character that I was most interested in in Buffy the Vampire Slayer was the character of Angel, who is basically trying to be, was a vampire who had a soul and was trying to be good. So I was wondering how, would, how you would, if those two concepts came together, like a vampire slayer who somehow got turned into a vampire, how would that work out? How would he deal with his former allies and all that kind of stuff? So it was kind of, it started out as sort of a vampire series and then it morphed into a bit of a sci-fi thing. And then, naturally, I tacked a gay round pants into it. So. Sure. Of course, why not?
0: I like how you keep splitting the genres, because you don't often see the vampires necessarily
3: connecting to the space operas either. No, no, I guess not. I know I mean, no, they, long ago in the comics, there was this one vampire that was in space called Mobius. But I don't remember much about him, and I don't think I've ever seen anyone else do space vampires. At least not very often.
0: Now, you're a doctor who specializes in the diseases of the blood. Now, how do you come to write about vampires? Did those come together naturally for you, or was it a little bit of a a surprise well, that you were gonna go down that path?
3: I know a little bit about the science dealing with blood, so I knew a little bit there. But really it didn't really connect. I mean I don't I don't really I mean the people in my people at work know that I write but I don't know if any of them, have read some of my, any of my stuff. And um, there really isn't that much of what I do in the, in the Pacto Canum series. I mean, it's just, it just happened to be about vampires. <laughs> it's just a coincidence, but it's funny.
0: So that's why I always play that up. And it must help, you know, that you know the science to, to no. get some of that stuff you know, solidly, uh, in a solid frame of reference. So what do you do when you're not writing and you're not doing your day job?
3: Um, well, I read. I uh, I play video games. You know, uh, I tend to like the the more complex computer games. Though I don't really, I don't really like consoles, so I don't have any of so those. I always play on my computer, and I actually got tired of my favorite TV shows being cancelled, so I just stopped watching TV about three years ago. So I don't watch anything. So, it's, you know, if I, if there's a series that I'm trying to follow, I might buy the DVDs afterwards, like right. for a season. But it's, but then, sort of tying myself to a chair and watching them all is can be a trial. Right. So, I'm not really up to date on all the new sci-fi TV shows, but and there's a few of them, but uh, maybe I'll get caught up later. At least you'll know what to watch you know what,
0: and have a good expectation on how long it lasts when you go that route as opposed to getting suckered <laughs> in and that it's over after the season.
3: Right. But well, you, you never know if it's going to make it
0: all the way to the end or not. Yeah. So what's on your reading list? What, what, what attracts
3: you in your reading? Um, things on my reading list. It's really things that are... Um, interesting in a in a conceptual way, as well as from an author that I know writes well and uh, is skilled so i mean currently let 's see I was reading the uh, i can give you a couple of books that i 've got that are waiting to for me to read, but i don 't know sure what, what? um let 's see uh, I read the Beacon Hills Solskjaer number two, which is called the Necromancer's Dilemma by uh, S.J. Hines, I think. And now I'm working on the latest thirds book by Charlie Cochet. Um, I don't really read that much, uh, shifter stuff. So I, I'm just curious how that's, how that's going to work out. Mm -hmm. We'll see. And then, um, I've got a couple others that are lined up to go. There's, uh, Make Peace by Anna Butler, and uh, which is hard sci-fi. She denies that it's a romance, but <laughs> romance is at the center of it. But we'll see how long that goes. Um, and uh, Hexbreaker by uh, uh, Jordan L. Hawk. It's oh, one, yeah. of her, uh, one of her sort of mystical books in her sort of sh- in her. Uh, she has a couple of series that are sort of in the same universe, and um, i I really first got into her because she 's uh her um, why born and Griffin books, which are basically a huge Lovecraft homage all the way through and i didn 't know that so i I was reading I, I read the first one and I got like like about a tenth or maybe twenty percent in, and then just gave up because it was so boring and then when I was talking to her at a at Rainbow Con once, she pointed out, she said, I asked her, what would I, what would I start with? And she said, well, given the fact that you have Cthulhu on your shirt, why don't you start with the Y-born and Giffen stuff? I said, well, okay. So I started reading, and I got to the point where I was before, and then I went a little bit further. And they says, yeah, I was, uh, He said, where, where have you traveled? And he says, well, I haven't gone very far, but I, I went to school in Arkham. I said, you went to school in Arkham. The school in Arkham is Miskatonic. <laughs> that's, that's Lovecraft. That's, that had to be uh, deliberate. So after that, I paid much more attention. And it turned into a fun sort of Lovecraft pastiche. It was very humorous.
0: Actually, I've heard great things about those books. They're, they sit on my TBR for me to, to check them out. Yeah. So what got you started in writing?
3: Um, Well, I always wanted to write. Um, I always had this idea of a novel that I wanted to write, and I planned it all out in great detail and in my head, but I never wrote anything down. And so I was always planning, 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 but never started because it didn't seem like the right time. And then I'm at the point in my career where my work habits are pretty settled. Nothing is going to change, really. And uh, I'm never going to have more time than I have right now. So I decided just to sit down and say, okay, it's never going to get, I'm never going to have more time than I have right now. So I might as well just use the time that I have. So in the evening I just started writing, but I didn't start with my novel. I started off by writing a practice story that I had in my head about this crazy vampire sci-fi thing. And that turned into the of Canum saga, And uh, that kind of got out of control. <laughs> five books later it's done but uh, at the time uh, it wasn't intended to be the my first novel but it turned into it nice very cool so what are you looking forward to in Kansas City for GRL this year Oh, it'll be nice to uh, connect with the audience as well as see some of my other author friends um, we've got the uh, sort of the uh, indie author table running in the in the uh, publishers' rooms, try and get some of the people who are not necessarily represented by some of the larger publishers who are there to be able to sell some of their books and make some connect more with their audience. And I'm happy to be part of that, and it's uh, it's hopefully going to turn out well for most people. So I'm hoping that'll uh, that'll be a positive experience, and then. I mean, I'm not much of a party guy, so I don't really, I'm not worried about the, which, which room to go into for the dance or whatever, but, right. um, you know, uh, maybe I'll dress up in the costume party or something, or something but I don't know about that. Uh, otherwise, it's, it's just a social thing. I've been looking forward to it. I hope to, uh, to uh, see some of my friends and to make some new friends. Excellent. And what's the best way for people to keep up with you online to to follow your writings? Um, well, they can either join my mailing list. They can either go to my website and just join the mailing list there in the, on the for, on the homepage, or they can uh, they can uh, they can follow me on Facebook. And the other thing is that I'm one of those weird masochistic people who reads all of their reviews.
4: So if they leave an
3: entertaining review on Goodreads or Amazon, I will read it. I may not like it, but I'll <laughs> read it. And uh, so I've read them all. And uh, sometimes I contact people, and if they have, if they say something that's like, that I thought was particularly insightful or interesting, or even I, and then I I'll get in touch with them and just see if I can give them if there's anything that they I can do to help them out or anything like that. So nice. It's not always the good ones, though. Sometimes there was my favorite. My favorite review of one of my books has a GIF of a person stabbing herself in the eye over and over and over again. Oh my goodness! So that's because that's how she she thought the book was crap, but it was so inventive the way that she put all these uh, little pictures in the <laughs> in the review of how terrible it was. I said, "Oh, okay, that's a, at least someone put the effort in." You know, I inspired someone to to create this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's some I, I don't know many motion, people who would take
0: whatever. I don't know many people who would take a bad review that well and just be impressed by the effort and put into it so in uh, our show notes uh, we will leave all of your links to everything so people can find you and the buy links to pick up your books and uh, we look forward to seeing you in Kansas in a few months alright terrific thanks for
1: being with us alright thanks a lot you can follow the GRL blog tour by going to gayromlit.com slash 2016 tour.
0: So as you know, if you've been listening these last few weeks, uh, the Big Gay Fiction Podcast has teamed up with the authors that we're hosting on the GRL tour for a giveaway of a 7-inch fire tablet that's loaded with books uh, from the guests that we've had. In addition, I'm putting in my library of books, and there's a huge package of books uh, from Wild City Press. Uh, we can't thank... Uh, Ethan Day and Wild City enough uh, for making that generous donation. Uh, They gave us 50 books to put in between what Ethan donated of his own books and along with the Wild City authors. Uh, So we've got 80 books in the lineup so far, and there's still more to come uh, from some of the authors who are waiting to give us books that are coming out right before GRL. So that's really awesome. In honor of Wild City, Uh, donating their books. Uh, The word of the week for the giveaway is wild, which you could spell either as Wild City Press, W-I-L-D-E, or we'll take the more conventional wild as well. Uh, You can enter on the rafflecopter that's on episode 47 on the show notes page, and the Big GRL blog tour giveaway
2: will run through Sunday, October 23rd. Yeah, it's a good deal, and I highly recommend everyone go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com, Check out the Rafflecopter and everything else we have on offer every week. Uh, mm-hmm. Tons of information, as well as uh, sign up for our mailing list. Uh, signing up for our mailing list is super, super simple. Just a cute little button, you know, clicky-clicky. Uh, enter your email, and about once a month, you'll get all the news that's fit to print about Big Gay Fiction Podcast, uh, about what we have been doing and what we have been talking about, Mm -hmm. as well as what we are doing and what we are going to talk about in future episodes. Yeah,
0: it is, if you're an email subscriber, you get the first look
2: at the interviews that we've got on our schedule. Yeah. So, uh, and we are working on uh, extra special uh, bonus stuff for people uh, uh, specifically on the mailing list. Yeah. So be sure and check that out, biggayfictionpodcast.com. And uh, sign up for our mailing list. Yeah, we would love to see you there. Yeah. So, let's let's talk about the uh, media section of our <laughs> podcast. Um, I have been watching a couple of movies that I think are worth noting. And I specifically want to recommend them to our listeners. The first movie I want to recommend is called Holding the Man. Uh, it's an Australian movie. It came out last year. And it is the true story of Timothy Congrave and John Calleo. And it follows their romance from uh, high school uh, into their time in college um, when they met in the 70s and going into the 80s and how they deal with the up and down of their relationship and how they deal with being HIV positive during the difficult times of the 1980s. It's a really exceptional movie. Uh, I think I became, uh, it popped up in my recommended uh, feed on Netflix, and then I saw some people online recommending it, uh, and I finally got around to watching it, and I was pretty blown away. I think it's uh, an exceptional movie. Um, uh, Wonderful, heartfelt, uh, moving, and it's funny. Uh like I said, the movie is uh, a true story. Uh, Timothy Congreve um, uh, after John passed away, he wrote the book, uh, the chronicling their 15year relationship. And then after Timothy himself passed away, uh, the book was published in Australia and abroad. The book eventually became a play. And then the playwright himself went on to write the screenplay for this particular Mm. movie. Um, Research online, I had a hard time finding a US edition of this specific book. Apparently one exists, but uh, it's kind of hard to find. Anyway, uh, Holding the Man is really remarkable. I highly recommend it. Uh, It's available uh, to stream on Netflix and probably uh, to rent. In uh, every other location you watch films. Probably. Another film I want to recommend is Me, Him, Her. It came out last year, and it was written and directed by Max Landis, who is the son of John Landis. Mm. And if you don't know who John Landis is, then you are a heathen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Max mm. has got a really strange and skewed and uh, wacky worldview, just as strange as his father. Uh, this particular movie, Me, Him, Her, uh, is about Brendan. He is an actor in L.A., and he's on a popular cop show, and he wants to come out to his mom and dad before the new season premiere. Uh, incidentally, his mom and dad are played in a really adorably funny cameo by Scott Bakula and Gina Davis. Uh, they oh, are, wow. They are a total hoot. Anyway, so... Uh, To get some courage to come out to his parents, uh, Brendan asks his uh, good friend Corey to come and visit him in L.A. And when Corey comes and visits, uh, shenanigans ensue, and Corey ends up meeting Gabby, uh, who just broke up with her girlfriend, Uh, and is going through a a very emotionally messy time. So she begins a relationship with him, and the movie just follows the the sort of farcical (laughs) things that can only happen in L.A., um, the movie kind of reminds me of a millennial update of the 97 movie Chasing Amy, mm. if you remember that uh, Kevin Smith movie, uh, with Ben Affleck and Jason Lee, whose uh, friendship is kind of uh, turned upside down when uh, a well-meaning uh, lesbian starts dating Ben Affleck, and right. um, so this, this movie, Me, Him, Her, kind of reminds me of that, but like way crazier, way bananas, because it takes place in L.A. and let's face it, things are crazy and bananas there. Also, um, I really enjoyed the movie. It's, it's wacky, it's crazy, um, and I highly recommend you stay until the end and watch the end credits, uh, especially for the PSA, Words, Not Swords. Uh, When you see the finale of this movie, you'll understand why these characters had to make a PSA (laughs) about using your words. Don't use swords. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) So I recommend both of those. Um, Once again, Holding the Man from 2015 and Me, Him, Her. Uh, Both really terrific. I highly recommend them. Awesome. Now I want to see those. Yeah, they're good. Uh,
0: we've been watching a lot of TV lately, too, catching up on some series uh, that we missed during the regular season. Mm-hmm. We talked about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend a little bit last week, and we're even more episodes in now, and I could say that that's just a hoot. It's mm-hmm. a hoot all the time. Uh, and we've been doing this weird combo where we tend to watch an episode of Crazy Ex or two and alternate it with episodes of Empire, which is pretty crazy, because about the only two things you could say about those is that they both have music components to them. Uh, really been enjoying, we have we're essentially been watching the back half of the season two of empire because we dropped off temporarily at the holiday point because of other stuff that was on, uh, continue to really like this show. I really like cookie always, uh, the actress, uh, Taraji P. Henson. How bad did I do that name? Oh, that's it. That's it. Taraji. Wow. We love you. Taraji. You're awesome. She is awesome. Um, <laughs> Cookie has always been a dynamic character. And in some of the episodes that we've watched most recently, she's actually been rendered speechless a couple of times by the events that have happened. And it's, it's actually created some moving moments for the show too, as uh, Lucius has been unveiling his childhood a little bit. Uh, I never thought Empire could make me weep a little bit. And it kind of did in a couple of those episodes because they were quite powerful. And uh, Jamal's continuing uh, coming out, embracing his gayness, sleeping with the woman, act, you know, for whatever that was worth, uh, has also been a good story. Uh, I think we're about five episodes away from the end of the season. And I will look forward to kind of seeing where the rest of that goes uh, as they get there. The other thing that I've been watching, uh, which Will doesn't because I didn't get him hooked on it fast enough, is Mr. Robot. Uh, over on USA, I will say right now, uh, if you are not caught up to episode eight on season two, you might want to skip forward a couple minutes. So there you go. You've been warned. Spoiler. spoilers is possible. Um, it's really been the storytelling is just fascinating to me as an author myself. Uh, how they make, I mean, it's well known from season one that Elliot is an unreliable narrator to the highest degree and then to be duped as we were in episode seven for how unreliable he actually is in season two was just mind blowing. Uh, they also did an episode, I think it was episode five where they actually rebuilt the show as if it was a 1980s USA network sitcom, which was just stunning down to the level of detail that they did this because they redid the, the show introed with a classic USA logo from the 80s. The, the opening credits were reshot as the 80s sitcom. The USA logo right down in the bottom of the corner of the screen was the 80s logo. It was done in 4x3. I mean, the commercial break that happened was vintage usa stuff they did up an up all night commercial (sighs) (laughs) pretty awesome i love up all
2: night
0: the only thing that would have been better is if they had done a night flight commercial i love night
2: light i know right
0: so it's been really enthralling if you're not watching mr robot i would recommend going back to the first season which i think is streaming Mm -hmm. um is it
2: on netflix I believe right now it is available on Amazon. On Amazon? Don't quote me on that. Um, yeah.
0: I'll check it for the show notes. If I could put it in for the show notes, I will. Yeah. But start from the beginning. This is not one you pick up from uh, the middle. Uh, it's It doesn't get too bogged down in the tech, but I do love its techno-thriller uh, side of it. Uh, and if you're an author, watch it for its storytelling because the way that they roll out the story is just really extraordinary. Doesn't really fit our romance tropes all that well, but just in terms of how to build a story, it's it's really fascinating. So you can come on back now if you're avoiding spoilers, because I'm done, with Mr. Robot. Uh, so we're happy to, reco- to to finally have on the show Danny from Love Bites. Uh, she was one of our one of the people we reached out to months ago uh, to be a contributor, and we're finally able to get her on. And she's got some book recommendations for us. So I'm happy to welcome Danny from Love Bites to the podcast today. Hi Danny. Hi. Thanks for being with us. So I hear yeah. you've got some books that you want to recommend to us from what you've been reading lately.
4: Well, thanks for inviting me, Jeff. Very pleasure to be here. Um I'm not a I am not am always afraid of recommendations, so I I just picked some books that I recently read that I think should be named or could be named. So um Let's start with uh, a very different book for me. That's uh, "Home Is Where You Are" from Alex Jane, and it's a new. It was a new reader for me, a new writer for me, I should say. And it, it's. I still don't know up till today what caused me to pick up that book because it's. Um, when I, it, it has shifters, and I'm a contemporary girl, and I like a ship I like some BDSM in general, um, but I was like. Then I found out it was set in 1870 and the one thing that I cannot read for the love of whatever is historical or period pieces. So and I still, like I said, I'm still up to this day, I don't know why I started reading and the book blew me away because it has seriously nothing historical in it. It's it's just a fabulous story, I contacted the author because I really wanted to wanted to say something about it. Uh, one of my reviewers did a review for it, so I was just reading for, for myself and um, I was very happy that she told me that uh, there's a sequel coming very soon. It's the first part in the series. I'm really a serious girl. I love series. i cannot going help it. Um, I, I always salute the authors. Make a series with the characters from the other stories in there because lately it all seems to be having to be standalone once for sales, 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 and whatever.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Excuse me. Sometimes my language can be. I'm I'm from the Netherlands, so I'm trying. Okay, Just
0: you're doing me. good. <laughs>
4: um. Uh, well, I'm talking about series. I um. I think it's, it's well-known that Casey Wells and Parker Williams finished their Colors and Cups series. and I know some people waited for the whole series to be there, and I, I've been following that series from the beginning. I think I've reviewed almost all the books myself, and I think it's, it's a brilliant series. If, you're, if you like BDSM, if, you, if you're into the series, um, it's, it's finished now, so you can pick it up. I really was excited for the last part. I'm very happy when I could get it in uh, in an uh, in earlier release, um, and it's seriously reco- uh, very highly recommended for the whole piece. And they wrapped it up in a wonderful way. I'm looking forward to the spin-off that they're coming that is coming. Um, what did I have? More. Oh, talking about series, a new a pretty new collaboration is the one with Santino Hassel and Megan Erickson. Uh, their Cyber Love series, I think that's that's fantastic. I like both authors uh, separately, but for some reason, the, the the series they created, that's Seriously Magic. That's, um, yeah, well, sometimes you have the feeling that, that it, it works between two co-authors. I know some others, I think that's familiar, writing together, J.A. Rock, Lisa Henry, Alexander Boyne of L.A. Wit, to name a few. Collaboration Partners. Um, I think they they, they struggled with this series. Both are very successful on their own, so it isn't that for some reason it had to be there, but um, I cannot wait for the third part, if there's coming to be a third part, because they're very busy also, but I'm seriously hoping there will be more. And a new author for me, the last one I'm doing. I hope that I have enough now is Max Walker, also a new author for me. I know he released his first book in the Gar- Guardian series, I think it is. Um Cover Me, I didn't read that, and then I heard the uh, brilliant sounds about the second book, First Down, and it's sports. I like sports. Like I said, I'm a contemporary girl. I like uh, sports, I like cowboys, I'm, I'm kind of pretty average, I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's good, but, well, that's how I am. And um, that, that's something I'm, uh, I'm going to follow. I really think the second book, First Down, was better than the first one, probably. but I really, um, the progress for me was enormous between the first and the second book. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing more of that Also, that was also new for me. I'll
0: have to check that one out, because I also, I'm a big, I love sports books, uh, so I will have to check him out, because I, have, I haven't heard of that author.
4: No, it was uh, a new new author for me, Max Walker, like I said, and I didn't, I skipped the first book, uh, at least I didn't, it didn't catch my eye or whatever, and then I, um, I saw the request, because he sent out requests, so we both reviewed it on Love Bites, um, and the second book, uh, my reviewer did a review, and I was drafting it and getting it ready for the vlog, and it really catched my eye, and I was like, oh, this is the book I want to read. But then I feel like I have to read the first one first, because I like the, to feel the connection. Mm-hmm. So I did, um, I read the first one first, and that was okay. Just like, okay, good, good story. Um, and then the second is, is, is really good. So I was like, oh, that's 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 huge, because for me that, in a way, I think the author took something from, I hope, from critics or something after the first book, getting it in the second book, and I really like it. Uh, it's something I will follow, like the ones I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have my recent some of my recent re- uh, releases there, reads, and you also have, in that way, some of the things I'm looking forward to for... The future. Absolutely.
0: All right, and you've certainly added to my to read list now too.
4: <laughs> That's always good.
0: Exactly. So we'll we'll link up to the, to to the, all the books so that the listeners can go buy them if they want it. We'll also link up to Love bites so they can follow the reviews there. That's
4: awesome.
2: Once again, thank you to Danny for taking the time to stop by and give us her recommendations. Uh, I'm glad to find out she liked those books by Max Walker. That's an author I've been. Uh, keeping my eye on. And I was curious about, you know, what his books were all about. So I'm glad to see that she was into them. It was a new author
0: for me to hear about. Yeah. Uh, talking about, you know, preparing for the show, you mentioned that we've actually got some of his books uh, in our devices already. And the football one, uh, that book too, that she mentioned in the, in the, in her uh, bit was really interesting to me. So coming up next week, episode 48, Brendan Witt is back on the show to talk to us for the 2016 GRL blog tour. And we've got Christian Baines here to talk about his latest book, The Orchard of Flesh. I think
2: that'll do it. Okay,
1: until next time, everyone. All right, have a great week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. New episodes are available every Monday at iTunes and other major podcast outlets. While there, subscribe to the show and please consider leaving a review. For detailed show notes, links, and to sign up for the monthly newsletter, visit biggayfictionpodcast.com.